Hey everyone, it's your host, Richie Burke, and welcome back to this episode of the Go-Getters Podcast brought to you by Go-Get It Marketing and Media, ggmm.io, and our friends over at On Milwaukee. And I'm really excited to, to bring you today's episode and to put this out there. I feel this message is now more important than ever. It's really about the prominent relationship between entrepreneurship, anxiety, and mental health. Um, and even if you're not an entrepreneur or a creative, creatives have this problem at an extreme level too. Even if you're, you know, just whoever you are, if you're dealing with any sort of anxiety or mental health issues, this is a this is a great episode for you. If you're just looking to become a better version of yourself, if you're looking to achieve some sort of peak performance, there's going to be a lot of good takeaways for you in this episode. Um, And what happened was Andy Wines of Green Up Solutions and of the Young Guns Movement, him and Paul Newberger and Pat Miller and David Bellman, they put on this amazing conference. I believe it was in February over at the Italian Community Center, um, the Young Guns Conference. And they plan on doing a bunch more of those this year. Obviously, COVID hit then. So they launched the Young Guns Network, which is available on YouTube. And they have a bunch of social media channels and they asked me to come be one of the the keynote speakers or to come give a speech on their network. And at first I didn't I didn't know exactly what I wanted to talk about. Usually I just talk about podcasting and how companies can launch podcasts and how you can make money off podcasts and speak on digital marketing and storytelling, but they have a pretty broad audience, especially in the business community and I wanted to speak about something that was appealing to everyone that a lot of us deal with. So I landed on mental health. And as some of you know, I had a, you know, I had a bad panic attack about three years ago, went through a bunch of therapy, finally flew anxiety free for the first time in two and a half years and in February. And I've had to overcome a bunch and still have a long ways to go in that category. I'm not a finished product by any means, but you know, I know enough about this topic and I've dealt with a lot of people and I've been through a lot of therapy and I've had to do a lot, whether it's breath work or other techniques to to get better and be on the road to create the best version of myself. So in this episode, I really, you know, I break that down. I tell stories of some other people who have been through similar situations, some more extreme situations than me, and also talk about the data. Um, You know, everyone is struggling with mental health and anxiety more than they typically do during this pandemic, during this election cycle. There's so much uncertainty out there. But generally speaking, entrepreneurs, founders, creatives, are our rates of, you know, whether it's depression or suicide or ADHD or bipolarness or whatever those are, those are those are spiked. And I go over that and I go over why that is and what we can do better and how we can take better care of ourselves so we can in turn take better care of our businesses and be more productive and be better for the people around us. So Again, I think it's a really important episode. I really want to thank the the whole Young Guns team over there, Andy and his team, um, who was great when I went in. I was really excited to give the speech, to, to, to walk into a room and see other people, some I hadn't seen in a long time, some I was meeting for the first time. I haven't, haven't got to do that in months. I haven't given a real speech in like six months. And even though there was no one in the audience, instead of the six people in the camera crew, in the, the camera crew, they were, they were great. So again, thank you to the Young Guns team and Andy. This was an awesome opportunity and I look forward to putting this out. And I would love to hear what you guys think of this too. So if you could, you know, if you could pause 
and write a review on Apple when you're done listening. Or if you've listened to the Go-Getters podcast before, please leave us a review and subscribe if you have not already. That helps us get the word out. So thank you again for tuning in and enjoy the show. This is YGTV in the YG stage, brought to you by Fleet Farm, Health Payment Systems, and Circle Electric. I'm your host, Andy Wines, president of Greenup Solutions, here on set at Serendipity Labs. Young Guns is a growing group of entrepreneurs and free thinkers. They're sharing new ways to build your business, grow your brand, and make an impact. YG Stage is one of four shows we host here on YGTV, where we feature business owners, CEOs, subject matter experts, and maybe even you to inspire, innovate, and break the rules of business. This episode of YG Stage is brought to you by Fleet Farm, Health Payment Systems, and Circle Electric. Today, we welcome Richie Burke, founder and president of GGMM, Go Get It Marketing, and the host of the Go Getters podcast. Let's welcome him to the stage. What's up, brother? Hey, FW, good to see you. Always. All right, so what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about Mental health, anxiety, it's ties with entrepreneurship. There's just a lot going on in the world right now. A lot of people suffering from mental health. I have myself. I've got some good stories to tell that I think are applicable to everyone, entrepreneurs or not. But you look at founders especially, and their mental health is just off the charts. So I'm going to go through some stories, detail why that is, and then some solutions to help people out. Because if they're going through something like a lot of us are in one way or another, they can change. They don't have to stay that way. I've seen it from others. I've seen it from myself. So that's what I'm here to do today. Perfect. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to learning and listening. Uh, stage is all yours, brother. Thanks for having me. All right. Appreciate it. Fleet Farm has everything you need for every season of life. From tending the vegetable garden season to planting 100 acres of crop season. Fleet Farm is your one-stop shop. Whether it's strawberry jam season cook your walleye season or his first set of wheels season fleet farm is built for every season fleet farm built for real life for more than 80 percent of families today's medical billing practices are confusing at hps our goal is to improve the healthcare experience for the patient by making medical bill payments less stressful in Wisconsin, that's all made possible by our comprehensive independent healthcare provider network. We simplify billing and lower costs for everyone involved in healthcare and offer various ways for individuals to pay without breaking the bank. A 35 year commercial, industrial, and healthcare electrical contractor with engineers and designers on staff, backed by the most technical and well trained master and journeyman electricians. Whether it's an equipment move, new building, or commercial remodel, from pre-construction all the way through startup, primary power, branch power, or low-voltage systems, we're here to support you. Our 24-7 on-call service department is here to meet your electrical needs for our industrial and healthcare customers. You hear safety first, we are safety always. Circle Electric will maintain electrical reliability for business continuity. On June 11, 2017, I was traveling back from Quebec to Milwaukee with my little sister. And we were in the Quebec airport, and our flight got delayed 45 minutes, and then it got delayed again. And it kept getting delayed and delayed in 45-minute increments. And this went on for, like, eight hours. And then the flight gets canceled. Luckily, there was a flight going directly from Quebec to Chicago that there were two seats left in the back of the plane. They could get our luggage on, so we were like, great, all right, we'll go to Chicago, get an Uber back up to Milwaukee. We board that flight, 
It takes off. It's a smooth three-hour flight. It lands. And after being stuck in the airport for eight hours and taking a three-hour flight, I was ready to find this Uber and get back home. The flight lands. It's roaming. And then just, it stops. Pilot gets on the intercom. There's another flight at our gate. Hang tight. It should only be a few minutes. Five minutes passes. Ten minutes passes. 15 minutes passes, which, which isn't, it's not out of the norm. This has all happened to us when we fly before a plane can get stalled or hung up on a tarmac. Except I start noticing something. My heart starts racing. I start shaking. I start sweating. I start breathing. I, I want to get off the plane, but I can't get off the plane. I'm stuck there. It's not moving. I talk to my sister as she tries to calm me down. I, nothing's helping. I end up calling my dad, who's back in Madison. Like, he can get me off the plane in Chicago, right? He's talking to me. He's being really nice. He's trying desperately to engage me. He's telling me stories. He's asking me questions. It's going in one ear and out the other, in one ear and out the other. And the only thing I can say to him is, get me off this fucking plane. I need to get off this fucking plane. I was in a full midst of a full-scale panic attack. And I couldn't do anything about it. I was stuck. I wanted to jump out of my skin, but I could not. This goes on for five, ten minutes, about 15 minutes. Then I notice the plane starts moving, and my anxiety goes down a little. It finally gets to the gate. I notice people up front standing up, and they start walking off. My anxiety goes down a little bit again, and then finally we can get up and get off the plane. I'm still a little nervous. We go through customs. We need to wait in line. We finally get through customs. We grab our luggage and walk out of O'Hare. And I remember stepping out on the curb at O'Hare, looking for an Uber, feeling so good that my anxiety had dissipated. I was feeling good. I was essentially back to normal, myself again. What I didn't know is that I wouldn't be normal after that day. I wouldn't be what I considered normal. See, after that happened, routine tasks started becoming difficult. Out of nowhere, at age 29, I was all of a sudden afraid to ride in elevators. Being stuck in traffic caused my anxiety to spike. And flying, I didn't want to get on a fucking plane again. I remember the next time I had to fly. It was about five months later. It was in November. I had to go from Boston, from Milwaukee to Boston. Pretty routine, two-hour flight. I remember sitting in the airport My eyes were watering and I was shaking. I was so scared. I had to pop several pills of clonazepam, this hardcore anxiety drug, just to get on the plane. It landed. I got to an event and I was feeling good. I was kind of out of it. I was all drugged up. This went on for about two years. I was in and out of therapy. I would make improvements. I'd revert back to old habits. I'd make improvements. I'd revert back to old habits. No no real progress. Really, not not much progress. And then something happened. Something changed from a source that I didn't expect. My company got signed on to help launch, produce, and market a podcast for Marquette University called Innovators on Tap with the host Chuck Swoboda. For those of you who don't know who Chuck is, he was the CEO of Cree Lighting for 18 years. Under his leadership, the company went from... 6 million to 1.6 billion. 266x growth. They invented the LED light bulb in that time. Needless to say, I was really excited to be working with the guy. 
he was paying me to consult him. And I knew that I would learn a lot from him, probably about life, probably about business. But what I got the most out of him was something that I wasn't expecting. As the project went on, as most projects do with clients, you, you get to know them and you get to know them on a personal level. And I didn't realize that the reason why Chuck was not the CEO of Cree anymore was not because he just, you know, wanted to retire like I had assumed, but it was because he was going through a more extreme version of what I had gone through. One day at work, Chuck walked up three flights of stairs to his office, just routine day. Chuck's a healthy guy, about 50 years old. And he notices his heart just start racing. He calls his secretary in to check his pulse. His pulse is off the chart. She calls an ambulance. All of a sudden, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company is getting carted out of his office on a stretcher. He was hospitalized for two days as his heart went back to normal. Over the next six weeks, he relapsed several times. His heart rate spiked up, and you saw his psychologist, his doctor who recommended the psychologist, and he was he was diagnosed with cumulative stress and anxiety disorder. And Chuck compares it to a runner who's constantly running all the time and just wearing down their knees bit by bit, day by day, very hard to notice. And then all of a sudden their knees are shot. You can't run anymore. Except with Chuck, he's not a runner. He's a CEO. It wasn't his knees. It was his entire, entire nervous system that was shot. 18 years of being a Fortune 500 CEO, all the stress, all the anxiety that, that comes with that, he didn't really notice at all, took its toll on him. Chuck ended up getting that heart surgery. He ended up going back to work for about six months because there was no succession plan. And then eventually after that, he was able to step down and started his road to recovery. One of the stories that hit me most about Chuck was that you know, when he started going to therapy, one of the first times he saw his therapist, he just said, I, I just want the old me back. I just want the old me back, which is exactly how I felt. I've had a few bad panic attacks in my life. Every time there have been lingering issues after that, I just didn't know why I was getting them. And I just wanted to be the old me. Now, being the old you is a very flawed thought. See, the problem with that is as human beings, we are changing all the time. We have 30 trillion cells in our body. A million die and are replaced every day. After seven years, we are made up of entirely new cells. We have 25,000 genes in our DNA, and they're kind of like Christmas lights, actually. They're switched on, switched off, switched off, switched on. And they're really based on our environment more so than what we've inherited. Only 5% of diseases, whether they're anxiety, cancer, related to genes, are deterministic. The other 95 to 99% are because of the environment and what we put in our body. Hey everyone, it's your host Richie Burke and thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Go-Getters Podcast. If you're interested in using podcasting to grow your business or you've started a show and are looking to grow it, we've got the perfect hour-long podcasting for brands masterclass for you where i go over the state of audio and podcasting 2020 how to monetize a podcast without a big following and how to use podcasting to better market your business whether that's for brand exposure direct response marketing to move the needle we've got it all in 
there. It's a great opportunity right now. So if you're interested, just head over to podcast.ggmm.io. The details are all there as well as the next time that we're doing a run. We got a great response from the first one we did a couple weeks ago, and we're excited to keep doing these. Thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. So as humans, we're changing all the time. Also, our brain has 70,000 thoughts per day. 80% of these are negative. 95% of these are repetitive. It's hard to create a new you when you are stuck in the past. One of the things I realized when I heard this was I needed to take a hard look in the mirror. I wasn't really, really serious about trying to create new me. And one of the problems was is to make a drastic change in life, usually you have to hit bottom, unfortunately. And I hit bottom on that plane at O'Hare, for sure. That was, that was a low point. I, I was afraid I was going to die for no reason. The problem was the next two years where I wasn't really making any progress, I had a pretty good life despite this. Business was doing fine, good relationship with my girlfriend, a lot of friends, and, you know, I didn't really have to deal with traffic. I could schedule my meetings midday so I didn't have to deal with rush hour, often events on the top floor of a building, an old building, and I don't want to take the elevator. I can just skip that event, go into that conference, go into my friend's bachelor party or on this business trip. Not, not a huge deal. I can, I can skip those things. And life was still pretty good. And I asked myself, you know, how much better would life be if I didn't have that panic attack and I was my old self? And I figured that it would be a little bit better. My business might be a little bit farther along. I'd probably have a slightly better social life, probably would have went on a couple more trips with my girlfriend, had some more memories, but not that much better. But then I thought, what about in five years? What about in 10 years? How different is business going to look if I don't solve these anxiety issues? If I have a family someday and I'm afraid to hop on a plane or I need to get all drugged up to travel, what, what is life going to look like? And that kind of hit home with me that I needed to make a change and I needed to do something. And one of the problems with entrepreneurship is Chuck and I's stories really aren't that uncommon. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is an impending sense of uncertainty or a stress response to a perceived threat in the future, which means we're destroying our bodies and our nervous systems on things that usually don't even happen. And the problem is our brain is hardwired because in prehistoric times when we saw a threat, it, it literally meant life or death. We're getting chased by a tiger. If we get rejected by our tribe, that means our chances of survival are very low. And our brain still registers getting rejected by a client or for me, riding an elevator, being stuck in traffic like I might die. And that is a problem. Another issue is we get anxious in unknown situations. It's not when we receive bad news. We usually, we might get mad for a little bit, but then we move on. At least we know what's happening. In today's world, in general, there's so much unknown. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We have an election coming up. There's so much unknown, which is why rates are higher. In entrepreneurship, Entrepreneurship literally is the unknown. We are creating products out of thin air and pushing them into a marketplace and going th- through so much shit and rejection to try and get those out and to be successful. As entrepreneurs, we are asking for stress and anxiety. And if we don't take care of ourselves on a daily basis, it can destroy us. 
So I want to give you a little data. Obviously, we may know stress and anxiety is up in the general population, but what about founders and CEOs of companies? Michael Freeman did a study on mental health. Entrepreneurs are twice as likely to suffer from depression, six times more likely to suffer from ADHD, three times more likely to suffer from substance abuse, 10 times more likely from bipolar disorder, twice as likely to have psychiatric hospitalization, twice as likely to have suicidal thoughts. Who wants to sign up for that? This is not the picture that mainstream media paints of entrepreneurship. We see people like Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg, Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, name, name any Richard Branson, name any famous entrepreneur, and that's what we think of when we think of entrepreneurs. It's the magazine covers, it's, it's the nice car, it's the money, it's the girls, it's the big company, it's, it's, it's this right now, I'm on TV, I'm giving a speech, this is cool. The problem is this is not what I typically do on a daily basis. It's hard. It's really fucking hard. 80% of startups fail within the first 18 months. The odds are stacked against you. That said, I, w- I wouldn't change it. I love what I do. It, make- it forces you out of your comfort zone. It makes you grow the relationships you form. The fulfillment you get out of creating something and putting it out there is great. We just need to do a better job of taking care of ourselves. So after hearing what Chuck told me and what his therapist told him about having to create a new you, a better you. Therapist looked at him. She told him that the old you is never coming back. You need to create a new you, a better you. And he said on that journey, and that hit home with me. So I made a few changes to my life. One thing I did after reading a lot of self-improvement books is I changed my habits, and I made sure I was doing things on a daily basis. This is a chart. This is my main competition every day. It's myself. These are things that I need to do. Work out at F45, do an AM journal, write my goals down, plan my day, do 10-minute breath work twice. I stretch twice, 20 minutes each time in the morning before I go to bed. Eat clean, no alcohol, five days a week. I do a putting drill for my amateur golf career. I ride the elevator four times a day for exposure therapy, and I write my goals down in the evening. And my goal is to do all these things five or six days a week. I'm not entirely perfect. I give myself a break. The thing is, I don't enjoy doing anything on this board, really. Eating clean, that's not much fun. Alcohol, love drinking alcohol. But if I do that during the week, my productivity is going down. It's not, not worth the trade-off, especially at this age. Stretching is boring. Getting up at 5 a.m. and working out, that sucks. Putting drill. Guess I don't mind that too much. Riding the elevator, hate riding the elevator. So I need to track these things. And, and right here, this is about three hours a day of working on myself, three hours that I don't enjoy. But it makes me feel so good the other 13 hours I'm awake and it gets me moving in the right direction towards my goals. And ultimately, I'm just trying to get a little better, be a little better version of myself every single day. This may look different from you, but I recommend it. Making a little change, starting with one habit, just tracking it, getting that down, starting another. It can get better over time, and this has made all the difference. Back in February of this past year, about two and a half years since the panic attack, I took a trip down to Arizona. On the way down there, popped some clonazepam, was feeling good, got on the flight, flew down, had a, had a good time. 
I was playing in a golf event. I was doing about 40 minutes of breath work every day and driving back to the airport. Uh, I was, I was feeling good. I was anxious for the flight back, but I was, I told myself that you're, you're gonna, you're gonna fly medication free. You need, you need to do this. The way we rewire our brain is by doing different things and having these little breakthroughs, just little breakthroughs. So I get there and I go to the airport and I've got my meds in my bag in case I need to fall back on them. Got stopped in TSA, anxiety went up a little, got on the flight, flight gets pulled over on the tarmac before it leaves for about 10 minutes. I actually did better than I thought. I stuck to my game plan, but my anxiety did go up a little. I still didn't take the drugs. Flight takes off, it lands back in Milwaukee and I got off and I, I felt great. I felt a rush of joy and accomplishment. If you told me three years ago that I would feel a rush of joy and accomplishment from flying directly from Arizona to Milwaukee, medication-free, I would have looked at you like you were fucking crazy. It wouldn't have been that big of a deal if I did that, right? But to me, that was everything in that moment. It was a, it was a step not to getting back to my old self, but creating the new self that I have to create. When I was on the plane, I started writing about my experience. It was, it was therapeutic as I was trying to get through this. And when I got home, I wrote about an eight-paragraph Facebook post, and I was really reluctant to, to put that out. I had my girlfriend read it over. She was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's really good. You should put it out. And I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't shared anything that deep on Facebook. I hadn't written anything that long on Facebook ever. I was blown away by the response. Hundreds of likes, hundreds of comments. I turned it into a podcast episode that was really popular on Milwaukee, published an article, and more importantly, the number of people that reached out directly to me. Such a diverse range of people from CEOs to parents with kids struggling from anxiety to college students from young, to young professionals, black, white, Latino, it didn't matter. What I, what I realized is that what I was going through Almost everyone else was going through their own version of that. It was more common than I initially thought it was. Because everyone is going through something. Since I implemented these new habits, I am, I'm still a work in progress. I have a long way to go. But more importantly, I'm getting better. I'm happier. My company had our best year last year. We've been doing better. We're more clear on our vision. As far as Chuck goes... He's continued his road to recovery, and he said he's never been happier. He launched his book this year. He has his podcast. He was named Alumni of the Year. He's a partner in several businesses. He's less stressed out, and he's actually enjoying life much more than he did as a CEO. In closing, as entrepreneurs or as anyone trying to accomplish something, something significant in life, we're going to face a lot of anxiety. We're going to need to go through a lot of shit to get there. So you don't have what happened to me or to Chuck and have that major breakdown. We need to take care of ourselves. So we're able to take care of others. So we're able to take care of our companies. And just know no matter where you're at right now, if you're going through something, you're not alone and it's never too late or you're never too far in one area or another to create a better you. You can start on that journey today. I remember that Facebook post. Yeah. And I remember it was about six months ago. Up until that point, like most of us in the entrepreneurial world, I looked at you as like, oh, here's the guy that's got all his shit figured out, right? <laughs> I'm a mess every day, but I'll keep that 
right? I, I keep my mess up front and honest, right? I know known you for like four years, and up at that point, I'm like, oh, he's got it all figured out. He's got a marketing company, he plays golf, he's got a girlfriend, he's got a podcast, like, right? And I remember that Facebook post, and that was probably one of the first times I felt like I connected with you yeah. beyond just... I, th- I, think, I, think a lot, I think a lot of people didn't. I, th- I think that's the problem. A lot of us are, you know, I can be guilty of this too. We don't share what goes on in the day-to-day basis on social media. We usually put our highlights on social media. Um, in... There's nothing significantly wrong with that, but it paints a very skewed picture of what life is actually like and what entrepreneurship's actually like. And that's why I'm glad I opened up on my mental health. And the same thing with Chuck, as you were hearing in that story, like here's this Fortune 500 CEO whose company invented the LED light bulb, who's worth I don't know how many of millions of dollars, super powerful, really good, really smart, really articulate. I had no idea he was going through something like that. No, no clue. You just don't know. You realize that everyone's going through something, whether it's, you know, anxiety, depression, you know, something with their family, something with their ways, something with their business, you know, whatever. People are going through stuff. It's good that you put it out there because it kind of puts, it it paints a picture that, hey, it isn't all sexy. Entrepreneurship 20 years ago was a word I couldn't spell. And and entrepreneurship meant you you couldn't be employed. You were uncoachable, in my opinion. In the last 10 years, all of a sudden, entrepreneurship is this sexy thing. But, but it's not. Like, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that think, I want to be an entrepreneur. And then they get hit in the face a few times and realize, oh, this sucks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Instagram and LinkedIn are lying to me yeah. of, of how sexy this thing could be. So I think it's important that we sit and have these conversations. And we don't have to wait till we're on the mountaintop to say, okay, now I'm going to write my book about all the struggles. Right. No. Talk about it every day. Right. That, that's why we're here today. You know, up until that Facebook post, you were just a guy who was like, oh, yeah, I see that guy networking sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, hold, hold on, he's struggling out there like the rest of us. And now, now you and I have got a personal connection because we both struggle with mental health. And we're not just okay with talking about it. We challenge ourselves to talk right. about it. Right. And, yeah, I mean, the picture that's put out there, whether it's me posting my podcast or golfing or giving a speech or signing a client or something like that, is a small percentage of what we do on a daily basis. It's <laughs> yeah. like... I'm not going to post about being on the phone with We Energies and wanting to blow my brains out, right? Like that's 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 <laughs> yeah. part of my day. Yeah, or, having, or having a tough conversation with an employee, yeah. or getting dropped by a client. That's happened to me quite a few times. I've never posted about that, and that's the kind of stuff. And yeah, there's a very skewed picture. Again, 80% of startups fail within the first 18 months, and we're so attached to our companies. It's our baby. We don't want to see our baby die. And as someone who's had to pivot his company several times and almost you know, leave, leave by my last version of my company. It was really hard. It was really, really hard, you know, and it happens. You move along. Nothing's typically as bad as you think it is. Nothing's typically as good as you think it is either. You just gotta, yeah, gotta do these things on a daily basis. Well, I, I really appreciate that. And I think the goal now is that we talk about it more. We're open and honest and vulnerable with people, no matter where they're in their entrepreneurial dream, and then I mean entrepreneurs, but people in general. I think in a time now, if there's anything we can take away from this period in our society is the fact that transparency and honesty has never been more important. And also, without all these distractions, right, right the concerts and the bars and the this and the that, all that other stuff that we used to distract ourselves yeah. with, this yeah. is an opportunity for us to look intrinsically, yes. figure out who we are, and then be honest and vulnerable with those around us to share. Because right now... It, Everyone is struggling in their own way. So everyone should also be very receptive of other people's struggles. The empathy has to ooze from each of us.